and welcome to another episode of Rich Chang's Less Square Theatre Podcast. My guest this week is the brilliant Rachel Paris. If you're enjoying these, you can come and see them at the Leicester Square Theatre. Go to leicestersquaretheatre.com or richchang.com slash gigs and you can find out what's coming up. There's still some in 2017 and guests like Richard Osman and Dave Gorman. Uh, all sorts of people coming up and uh, then we're doing more in February, March and April, I think, in 2018. That's next year. Also, I'm on tour in 2018 with my show, Oh Frig, I'm 50, which will be in Manchester on the 14th of November and Bristol on the 19th of November. There aren't many tickets left for those two. And then touring the UK in the spring. Go to richhang.com slash gigs and those should be mainly up there by the time you hear this. Anyway, let's sit back and enjoy Rich Tang's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has lost three times on Pointless Celebrities. And if he goes on again and loses again, that is beating the law of average. Just one time out of four, he should just win just by chance. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to another episode of Rich Change Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Uh, though, um, you know, I was... Uh, <laughs> I came up with a great one. Oh, yeah, I was... Um, I was uh, flying drones down by uh, Heathrow Airport with uh, a lot of middle-aged guys get together on a Sunday just so you can fly a drone near to an aeroplane. Uh, he called it Rahelis for those guys there. I don't know if, that, if that's going to catch on. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird uh, living out in the country and uh, my life has changed a lot. It's kind of horrible coming back into London. It's disgusting here and you're all idiots for living here. So uh, go and live in the country. It's much better. Um, I heard an owl the other day and uh, I was scared by a horse. Uh, so uh, it's... There's animals out there, it's terrifying. I saw a horse, someone told me this would happen, and I, did, I thought they were joking. I saw a horse scratching its ear with its back hoof. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in the country. You don't get that in London, do you? Like, literally, they somehow lifted that leg up, and were doing that like a dog. I've got a theory that horses are just big dogs. Could be. I've also got a theory that horses are just men who've been uh, fallen victim to some kind of curse and uh, just had their faces elongated. Because they have hairstyles. It's weird. <laughs> when you look at them up close, they've just got hairstyles. Um, and uh, I've, been, I've been obsessing about the uh, latest Stereophonics song. Uh, I don't know if you like the Stereophonics. They're, yeah, no. <laughs> Ian Stereophonic is the main one, isn't he? He's the, 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 Ian, the Welsh guy. There's this song called All In One Night. Have you heard that song? You kids should get out and listen to Radio 2 more. It's, uh, it's on there all the time. Um, it's about a guy going to a club, deciding he, he was going to go home, but his friends want to go to a party, and he goes to a party, and there's a pregnant woman who's, who lives in the house, and um, then she has a baby, and he drives to the hospital and crashes his car on the way to the hospital, and uh, then they get married. Not heard it? No, I'm not going to do my stuff about it. Uh, that is, I just, I, it's a weird, because there are a few songs you listen to where you're not sure whether the protagonist in the song is meant to be a likeable figure or not. The minute you've gone to a party, and it's two o'clock, it's two o'clock in the morning, he goes to a party, and there's a pregnant woman coming, getting a glass of water who lives in the house. You can't think, fuck, why are we having a house party in a house with a flatmate is a heavily pregnant woman? A woman so pregnant she's about to go into labour. 
And no one, he doesn't go, oh shit, we should stop. He carries her until three o'clock in the morning. She goes, then he, he waits an hour to drive her into hospital. All right, don't worry about it. Uh, so, uh, don't matter. Don't matter, I'll just, I'll just, uh, just read the blog. It's funny on the blog. So, uh, like, we're going to crack on. Uh, my guest tonight, I can't believe you don't like the stereophonics. You're so uncool. Um, <laughs> My guest tonight uh, is probably best known as Chrissy the Unemployed Bee in Revolting and the Woman in Cafe in Count Arthur Strong. That is two, two most famous roles. It's Rachel Paris, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome. Hello, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yes, thank you. Thank Good. you for bringing up those accolades. Well, yes. What is Chrissy the Unemployed Bee? What was that? Was oh, that, that was in a show um, by those, those two clever young boys <laughs> who do The Revolution Will Be Televised. Oh, yes. They did a new one, um, a new series this year called Revolting uh, that was a sim similar vibe like satire and everything. And they had um, a sketch about a homeless people working as bees picking up litter. Okay. I might have missed the really key satirical point <laughs> hey, <laughs> that it was making, it's, but it's I played a It's time someone had to go at those fucking bees. <laughs> yeah. They're fuckers. Exactly, that's what the vibe was. Everyone loves them. So I was them. dressed as a bee, which was um, great. I dressed as a bee for one of my first theatrical performances oh, when I was five, actually. Oh, did you? When I had ballet lessons for four months... And then they said I shouldn't carry on. <laughs> uh, and I dressed as a bee for a little performance. So It's fun dressing up. Full my circle. daughter dressed up as a bee as well in oh. Edinburgh. It's nice. Oh, my wound. It's kind of nice oh. when you're... So when cute. you're little, you can just yeah. walk around wearing whatever you want. Yeah, and everyone and no goes, ah, oh. oh. like, even if they're dressed as a turd or something, <laughs> you're like, oh, you're so cute, you're so cute. And what about, Count, what did the woman in the cafe in Count Arthur Strong do? I haven't watched Count Arthur Strong, I've, I've heard oh, very good things about it's it. It's really funny, yeah. it's really funny. Um, that was... Uh, that was really nice. Um, it was actually only like three lines, but it was a nice, funny line. I got that from the fact she's called Woman in Cafe rather than <laughs> Jennifer. Or, exactly. Yeah. Was it, um, can I have egg and chips? <laughs> Thank you. This egg and chips is nice. It was, it was, it was similar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you should write it. I, <laughs> I should be that woman. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah. I go up for a lot of auditions for characters like that. Well, and, I, uh, and I, I don't get them. nailing them. <laughs> I, mean. I was, uh, I was meant to be, oh, what was it in Sherlock? I was, I went for an audition for Sherlock. I love Sherlock. But I was literally, when I watched it, what was he called? It was, it was like confused man or some angry. What was it? I can't. Irate man. I can't remember what it was. I can see you being irate yeah. man. But then when I watched, I went in. I went to. I was irate by the time I got there because I went to Richmond to do it and I've got the wrong. The train said it was going one way and it didn't go the way and I was a half an hour late oh, and I was really angry. Uh, and, and you still I, didn't get I it. I still didn't get it. <laughs> and then when I saw it, the. The guy doing it, literally, it was just like a camera technique, so you couldn't really see the person saying it, like it was all blurred, because Sherlock was blurred. And he went, and, it was sort of, and his line was, <laughs> so I went a fucking audition for that yeah, part. exactly. And, and they say, get... as you know, they say on the casting call for parts like that, where they don't even see above your neck, they say, uh, excellent comic timing required. <laughs> they say a very experienced comedian is required for this part. I went for uh, an advert for Travel Lodge or the other one. And, um, <laughs> and literally, I got there and it said, um, very experienced comic actresses required for this part. Um, and I went for it. And in the audition, they said, yeah, so what you've got to do is um, a teddy bear is going to come up to the counter <laughs> and ask for a room for the night. And you've got to go like this. 
that was it? That was the entire audition. Yeah. I did that four times, and I did not do it well enough. <laughs> you did it well then. It's a shame they didn't. Thank we can you. Send this, Thank we you. We can send this in and see if they'll let you have it retrospectively. Yeah, although they might not like that. In. I'm calling them the other one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first rule of the advert. I think it's for Premier Inn. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Might have been Ibis, to They're be honest with you. all the same. I can't remember. Premier Inn are good, actually. Yeah. Is that the, is that the one Lenny Henry Lenny says? Lenny Henry does. Yeah, that. I mean, it yeah. probably wasn't that because it was a teddy bear rather than Lenny Henry. Yeah. If it had yeah. been Lenny Henry coming in, <laughs> then that would have been Premier Inn. Yeah. That was, I don't know, it's probably a... I would have been a, less like, I would yeah. have been like, <laughs> hi. And why are you saying the Premier Inn, Lenny? Just the <laughs> advert, the money you get from the adverts must you know really what? pay v- for... Value uh, is value, isn't it? Malmaison. <laughs> Do you think he really stays at the uh, Premier Inn? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of trust in Lenny Henry. <laughs> I think he probably has to stay at the Premier Inn. I think he probably checks into the Premier and then he has a little shoot in his room that spirals round and he comes out. It's very good, the Premier Inn. I'm not knocking it. I, I, I you know, have to stay at them. <laughs> Due to budgetary condition, circumstances. Um, hey, you've done loads of stuff. What is the best thing you, you? What is the best apart from the things I picked out? What I have done. A lot, I have done no, a lot of stuff. Done, Thank you for noticing lo- the and, number of things I've done. And the problem with you is yeah. that you are multi-talented. Thank you. It and is that, difficult. That is. It you is can difficult. act. You can do com- stand-up comedy. You can sing really well. You can improvise stuff. Those ones, yes. Yeah. Um, That's I can loads of do, stuff. That is. Uh, yeah. It's too I'm, much stuff. Do you know what your my my mum actually yeah. who. Uh, is not thrilled with my career. Um, <laughs> has said that she said you do you do too many. She said I always did do too many things right from school. She was like you do too many things. You need to choose <laughs> and not try and do everything because then you'll never excel at one thing. And I think that's proven absolutely I, true. I didn't say that. That was what your mum <laughs> said. My, my, your mum said the same thing. Yeah. I didn't say that. I think no. you're very good at all. No, this. I won't quote you on it. Although okay. the truth has fallen on me. <laughs> you realise what's happening. Yeah. How did you? So you 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 start out as a singer really before you got into comedy? Is that right? Or were you always doing comedy? Uh, no, I definitely wasn't always doing comedy. I don't know how I ended up in comedy. Um, Evidently. Um, I mean, so I started out in music. I did music yeah. at university. Um, and You were quite hard to find out information about your early life. I have to say, almost like Wikipedia. it's a guarded... Se- there's no Wikipedia page, but then there's no... Well, you know what? It's because I don't talk, unlike you, <laughs> yeah, about going to Oxford. <laughs> I won't shut up about it. I don't want it. to go on about it. Look at us, the fucking Oxford elite, in our smug white sofas. Um... Yeah, so I did music. I did music at Oxford, and then, um, I, but I did drama and stuff like that, cabaret and drama and stuff all right. the way through that. And yeah. so I always did both, 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 um, and a bit of like classical, jazz, piano, burlesque. Really? <laughs> oh, what a dry year um, for for everyone. Um, <laughs> I received. Um, I did a show that received the following review um, in my first Edinburgh Fringe, two thousand and five, um, which said, um, "The only thing that can be relied upon." This was the burlesque show. The only thing that can be relied upon in um, this painful hour is that not a single person on stage has ever experienced orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> And it was true. Um, <laughs> it was a weird yeah. little period where burlesque was, and it was about Trend, that was time. Trendy, was, wasn't it was very trendy, and I always yeah. found it quite confusing. Weird when I first started doing stand-up. Yeah. Um, you would do stand-up gigs basically in strip joints. 
Really? Yeah. So like a lot, of the, there's a lot of gigs in Soho, and you would, would you would be in the sharing a dressing room with, with the girls who were stripping, wow. and you would go one way and they'd go the other way, and Madame Jojo's, which then became a burlesque oh, yeah. place. Oh yeah, yeah. And so then, ten years, fifteen years on, I was going, and then there was sort of people sort of doing stripping, but not doing stripping. I do still find burlesque sort of confusing yeah. ideologically, like. Where you stand on it, like as a feminist, yes. Not where you stand on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not standing on it. No, <laughs> I feel like I have to stand on it, and I don't know where I do. I certainly know no. when I did burlesque, I um, <laughs> was neither feminist enough, or like I didn't do either. Like I didn't strip enough to do proper burlesque, but I didn't st strip. It, it, not enough to be a proper <laughs> feminist. <laughs> kind of like stripped. Did, the main thing was like, I've got, I'll sing, I'll sing. And I was like, I'm a singer, really. I just happened to be doing burlesque and taking my clothes off. But I didn't take enough clothes off to do it properly. So <laughs> I don't know what I thought I was. No. I never, but I've, I feel, I find it just uncomfortable. And I, I, when I, other guys, and like you go sometimes, when we did the Adelaide Festival, again, all those gigs were in like a, the red light area of yeah. Adelaide and like the comedians go oh do you want to come see a strip show afterwards I go no mm. I've really Don't. I just feel awkward it's yeah. just so embarrassing I think but then I and love watching like like Dita Von Tees, you yeah. know like a stunning burlesque and then I think to myself I think I get the same thing out of watching people like Dita Von Tees as I do out of watching Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> which is amazing outfits and glamour and yeah. glitz and sequins and very good makeup. So I don't, you know, I don't yeah. know where the line is there. There was a brilliant girl uh, called Hula Girl. Do you ever see her? Who did a lot of those burlesque shows, but she did loads of things with hula hoops and stuff. And then it's just she circus, was good. which I love. That was good, yeah. yeah. She was the only good thing in it. Um, no offence, I, I, I never saw you do it. I just was confused by it. When I did that, that, um, that video of me confronting, being confronted by a heckler that was very big, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, like about that 2005, yeah, it would remember, have been. Yeah. that was a, a part of a burlesque night, a burlesque sketch and stand-up night. Wow. And, uh, People really like to mix things yeah. on a night, don't they? And the reason, because the reason that, had I ever seen this, there's a like 15 minute video of the heckler, a very drunk man just shouting at me and me getting increasingly angry with him. But I would, the, the reason he got across was because there was three mid, mid, very late middle-aged bald men sitting at the front of this, on the front table of this burlesque, oh, and yeah. there were girls coming on doing burlesque and taking some of their clothes off, as you say. Well, in, in between? Well, yeah, just like the night was really a burlesque night, and these guys sitting in the front row, so where you are, had these cameras with l l massive lenses on, and they, were, and they were taking pictures of this girl taking all her clothes off, and I didn't know whether they were officially cameramen. Yeah. <laughs> but there was three of them, so it seemed like you didn't need that many. Yeah. And they were sitting at the front, and they had these long lenses. And then when I came on, they stopped taking photos, <laughs> and I said, why are you not taking photos of me? <laughs> what have I not done? And then and Dan, I was going, do you need those lenses? When you're this close to the stage, do you need those lenses? Like that, can't you just take it? And so I was taking the piss out of the guys. Just, it's weird, there's these three guys here. And then a guy behind them started yeah. saying, you can't say that, you can't say that to these guys. And that was when the, that's where it began. Wow. But, I was, but it was a bit like that. It was, it was like, yeah, you didn't get that lead up no. in the video. That's yeah. interesting. But it's, it's that excuse of, you know, this we're we're cla in a classy yeah. place, but yeah. it's still horrible men lecturing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, no matter how brilliant an act you're doing, sometimes there's still going to be creepy men lecturing yeah. at you. Yeah. But that's the world. It is, <laughs> as we're discovering. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh,
let's do that bit at the end because yes. we can get we get serious <laughs> at the end. Uh, <laughs> so, um, well, let's. Ah, there's so much. I, I just so love ostentatious, which uh, we've oh, had we've you. had carried on before. Yes. Um, uh, who's also in it? But there's there's so it's a revolving company, but it's six. Slightly, or seven. Re- only slightly revolving. So um, there were six of us yeah. originally. Now there's eight of us. Four girls, four boys. Um, so uh, yeah, each show has six people. So. Yeah, it's slightly revolving. Yeah. You'll be missing... You might miss one of your favourites <laughs> if you're not careful, <laughs> which is basically Andrew Hunter-Murray these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's an, it's an awesome idea. And, like, and I think, like, impro kind of... I think I had a very negative uh, view of it. I think, again, from seeing lots of student stuff, I suppose. Yes. But it's so detailed. So basically you improvise, and I've seen it about five or six times, and I, I would love to understand how you do it. Because most things with comedy, I'll go and see it, and certainly if I see it a couple of times, I'll go, okay, yeah, yeah I know how this works. Yeah. I don't know how it works, and I don't know how you do it. The main thing everyone wants to know about Ostentatious is how it works, and we haven't got a good answer for everyone, because the main thing everyone says is, yes, I understand that it's improvised, but I'm sure you have a very clear story that you stick to, and you just hang the details on, and we don't. We really, really don't. If we did, the stories would be better. (laughs) They make no sense. If you've ever seen it, like... If we had a really beautiful story structure that we hung details onto, then there would be like a peak, an arch, and a sort of like perfect, you know, story structure. There, there isn't, and that's but it's why people of, come back again and again. Is because it's, it's really an arch. Well, I mean, we know we know how <coughs> we know how to start, how to tell a story, and in rehearsals we talk about like, oh, you know, halfway through um, we aim to know who the main character is <laughs> yeah. and, and what they want, and we know that. Um, maybe, uh, you know, after 10 minutes, it's good to find out who's the... If there's a relationship that we need to develop, we need to develop that. So we, we've studied story, yeah. you know, but there is a, it really is like there is no clear structure beyond basic good storytelling. Yeah. It's, 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 so, it's so impressive. The thing I worry about is there's so many of you and you're touring it. <laughs> How do you make any money? <laughs> <laughs> well, because actually, because it's quite theatrical, yeah. we tour it um, not... Like, I, think, I think if we were slightly more... Even though it is a comedy show, I think because it's got costumes and everything... We do it. Um, we play to like sort of theatres like this and everything. Yeah. So we we actually do make some money. Out <laughs> okay, of well that's good. But like it's you know the mechanics of going because you're going all around the country. I know you play Leicester Square Theatre a lot with it, don't you? And we do. Yeah, yeah. We played Leicester Square Theatre for years. Yeah, yeah. Leicester Square Theatre has been a real home to us. Um, and then uh, we have um, we just came back from Salford. Yeah, last night. So we're on tour at the moment. It's yeah. our fourth tour. So, yeah, we get around. Have you got yeah. a big uh, bus or is it a stagecoach? No, we have actually, yeah. We've yeah. got a, a bus and a, a tour van and right. everything and we've never felt more rock and roll. <laughs> <Can> <laughs> Sitting you sleep there it? doing code words in our <laughs> scene. So rock and roll. It's amazing. Can you sleep? Has it got beds in the bus that you can sleep in? No, we don't. We stay in like uh, travel lodges yeah. or the other one. So yeah. <laughs> we don't need to. Don't stay in travel lodge. They have mm. bogeys on the curtain. <laughs> Change your tune. <laughs> that's, that's what I've discovered about that. No, it's, it's, well, if you, if you do go and see it, if you get, it's very hard to actually describe in words, I think, how it works. But it's, yeah. it's an improvised Jane, Jane Austen, Austen story. story. You don't need to know about Jane Austen. No, not at all, no. It can I be mean, fun if you don't, actually. <laughs> but also fun if you do. <laughs> 
And do you genuinely, I know you, pick, you sort of pick out three at the beginning and then you yeah. say we're going to do this one. Is it always the one you pick out? Or always do you some... the third. Always yeah. the third. Um, the only time we have never not done the third, even because so, it can be painful because the second one or the first one can be wonderful and you're like, oh, I'd love to do that one. But we always go for the third one. Um, the only time we don't do the third one is if it's really egregiously racist <laughs> or um, has like the word cunt in it or um, if we've had it before... <laughs> Am I Cunt and cuntability. What is that? I can't mean, imagine something going ostentatious. And everyone is so funny, like cunt, the motherfucking cunts <laughs> making your own Austrian out of that, you yeah. pricks. <laughs> Being heckled in paper but form. Do, but they do. You're joking. But they do. They do. We've pulled out of that. Think of the statistics. So we've done 600 shows, about 400 people per show yeah. for 600 shows, and we pull the third one out of a hat for every show. The no, so we've had of that statistics we've had sex and sensi- sexability twice we've had fuck and fuckability twice yep. and I think it was only cunt and cuntability that we put back in <laughs> and everyone's like oh this will fox them <laughs> this will be no one else will think of this and it's like they really have thought of that and we're like oh it's another show about sex which is fine anyway. I wish she'd uh, written cunt and cuntability that would be don't we all she died too soon <laughs> take for other reasons as well. Sorry, I should say that. So, all right, this is the only bit of autobiography I've managed to find out about you from your childhood. I didn't know it was such a mystery. You are a mystery. Um, is that you were you were in a Christian rock band and you were an organist <laughs> at a, in a church? Yeah, that's yes. true. Yeah, that's true. So, what did you play in the Christian rock band with the, the piano? The piano, at, yeah. Uh, Keys. Yeah. <laughs> Keys and vocals. Did you uh, write your own Christ- songs about Jesus? No, we didn't actually. Uh. We did, um, you know, the sort of uh, Christian hymns that are more like pop songs. Yes. And we um, did them. Oh, Jesus, I have promised, promised to serve you to the, the end. end. Or, God, I lift your name on high. <laughs> All of those. Um, so there's some great ones. They're really good songs. Um, so, yeah, I was sort of brought up in uh, the... Methodist church and I was like organist for the church by the time I was like 12. Wow, that's young. Yeah. It's a prodigy. Partly through me being a sort of prodigy and partly through the lack of organists in Leicestershire. <laughs> I'm wondering if there was an older organist who edged out, though. There must have been, <laughs> it must have been, there must have been some guy who was going, sorry, Clive. You know, organing isn't quite good enough. We've got a 12-year-old coming in. That's how bad you are, mate. Sling your hook. Oh, no. There Slightly was a... resented you. Tried oh. to put a booby trap in the organ. <laughs> When you press, is there, isn't there something in there? Is there a film where someone presses yeah. a certain oh, key yeah. on the organ and it's and going to explode or something? Yeah. Hasn't you never press that. I <laughs> you never press that. There's a lot of pedals on an organ. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, but I, actually, I had, yeah, anyway, there was, an old, there was an old man who sort of coached me through it. <laughs> and he was so sweet and he gave me, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yes, um, I, yeah, so I, I did do that. And I was in, then when I was a teenager, when I was like 15, I was in a Christian rock rock band with yes. an electric guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, pretty cool. And drums you... and flute. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think you converted many of the youth of Leicestershire to... No, I think what I did was piss off a lot of the 75-year-olds of Leicester <laughs> who hated the fact that there was this rock, but they wanted the organ and traditional church music, and yeah. there was, like, this noise in the church, and they didn't really enjoy wow. it very much. Um, but I just enjoyed it for... Um, I think by the time I was like 15 or something, I think uh, I'd sort of spoken to my mum about it. I was like, I don't really believe in that. Yeah. Um, 
and she's been she's been very cool about it um always but i really loved the music so like i just really liked seeing that i still do i still yeah. um, work in a church school and i still end up every monday i play for a church service um so i think yeah hey. i can't get away from it i can't get away from jesus christ there are some good tunes there are some good tunes there's some good tunes there are some good tunes there's some great tunes yeah and, you know, it's a good way to indoctrinate people into... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I don't do it knowing There was another, oh, Jesus, I have promised. There was an alternate, um, oh, Jesus, I have promised. Jesus I'm not doing very well. It's got a different yeah. tune, but it wasn't as good not as, oh, Jesus, good. I have promised. promised. We used to love that. The end. They, don't do, they don't have this now. Kids don't have this... Um, <laughs> They don't have. They don't have to sing. You're not allowed, are you? Not allowed to sing hymns anymore. Do they not? I don't think so. There were some. There were some good ones. When I needed a neighbour, really? were you there? Oh, were you there? When I needed a neighbour, <laughs> were you there? Were you there? <laughs> it was so accusatory, it wasn't was. it? I was were cold. I was naked. Were you there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was. Uh, okay. yeah, I, I take yeah, it back. Yeah. I take it back. <laughs> I wasn't there because I'm eight years old and I live in Somerset. In. <laughs> 1976, <laughs> and you were alive in North BC. So I wasn't there, mate. No, go have a go at some of the, have a go at Pontius Pilate. He was it's his fault. Come after me. There was another good. There was another really catch one that we like. I can't remember. It'll come back to me. I found I found myself. Um, I, I like. I still like, like all those hymns. Yeah. I found myself um, singing really obscure jingles from very old adverts. Oh yeah, like, that like. Well, the other day I found myself singing and knowing all the words to um, "Open your bank account, Britain, with the National Gyra Bank. Get it in your post office, Britain. There's a checkbook waiting for you. There's a bank account that is really free." I don't know where that came from. There was another one as well. I don't from. know that one, but no, I exactly. really it's so obscure. It. It's so obscure. And yeah, I know all the words. And it just came back to me. And I think this is just getting old. Amazing. But your mind starts wandering. Yeah. It's Alzheimer's, isn't it? You start, you start just... Uh, I mean, You've why do I remember me. that? And all the de- and why did I sing it? <laughs> there isn't even a National Gyro Bank anymore. I don't think... It was the bank at the post office. I, was, I had an account. Had a little blue bank book and they stamped it when you put money in. It was good. Do you remember the one that gets in my head is um, double mint refreshes your breath naturally. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. Well, I, you know, there's a lot. <laughs> just really but I do gum. find myself <laughs> saying quite a lot. Your girlfriend's gonna love your oniony breath, which <laughs> yeah! is was from my line. From the it was same. that very advert. Yeah, was it that one? I remember the music. You remember the script? Yeah. What does that say? Because he would say it. Um, he was glad that the bloke had oniony breath. Yeah, he was coming. I don't like you. I don't like the fact you've got a better girlfriend than you deserve. He was a your, snide your man. Your girlfriend's going to love your oniony breath. He was a snide man, wasn't he? Doesn't matter, mate. I've got these. Yeah, I've got double. Oh, yeah. I've got double men. Yeah. Now I'm going to snog my girlfriend. Didn't it? Remember? Well, I remember stuff. Do you remember things? <laughs> Do you remember obscure things that nobody else remembers? That is what I'm good at. And that is who remembers the National Gyro Bank advert? Cheer. Yeah. One bloke. That's it. <laughs> That's me. That's what I'm a Peter K for you, mate. That's it. <laughs> It's you and me. We're going to go on a stadium tour. We me singing an advert. There was another one. I'll try and remember what it was that came back to me. It's not musical. Do you remember the advert for... mm, I think it was just for milk. Was there an advert for milk? Yeah. Is that a thing? For Accrington Stanley? Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Who are you going to play for? Accrington Stanley. Exactly. But that you're was offensive, too, wasn't it? I'm sorry. You're that was too young, but there was watch out, watch out. There's a Humphrey about. It's one of the first adverts I remember. Oh. Who remembers the, what that? That's a proper Peter Kay one. Come on, where's my old people in the audience? What where's was my? The, what was the? What was watch the? Watch out, setup watch out. The there's a Humphrey about. It was a Humphrey was an, a straw. It's like a 
red and white straw. He sounds terrifying yeah. and Wiccan. I'm looking at this old geezer here, this old fella. Old father time in the second row there. <laughs> you all turn out to be 45 years old. Because I'm, I I'm 50 now and I just think everyone's still... <laughs> Much older than me. I think I look at someone and go, oh yeah, go yeah. I, I met my account- time, I met an accountant today and he had grey hair. I went, oh look at this old fella. He said, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, oh, you know, it's getting older. And he said, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I turned forty this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're old, mate. How can you? Can I be ten? I'm young. Look at me. I'm a young youngster, aren't I? I don't wear a suit, so how can I be fifty? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I was wearing a jumper, yeah. so, so I am fine. young. You've got jeans on. I've got some jeans on. These are clean on for you, yeah. these, Rachel. Because I looked you. at the jeans I've been wearing for the last six weeks, <laughs> every single day, and walking the dog in, and thought, I probably can't wear those if I'm being filmed. <laughs> They're covered in dirt from the country. <laughs> and you're right, I would have judged you. You would have judged I me. I would have judged these you. These are clean, clean on. Very good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I changed my shoes so they didn't have shit all over them. It's an amazing... <laughs> Just getting older is just about. I'm just realizing just basically I'm a shit wrangler now. That is what, that's my just job. I go from picking up dog shit. Yeah. You think picking up. Uh, warm, and you've got child shit. I've now got child well. shit. You've got to wipe that off their testicles, yeah, their yeah. feet, out of their vaginas. I was going to say one of each. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, one of them's got. Yeah. I thought it'd be the honestly the thing. It was the, of, of having a dog and having kids. I thought the worst bit of it would be the shit. That was the thing that put me off all the time. I thought I don't want to deal with someone else's shit. It's the best bit. It's the best bit of having, I love, like, especially if you let the dog out in the garden for a bit yeah. and then you have to go and find where it's done a shit. When you just, <laughs> that's really good fun. And then you pick it up and cold dog shit is worse than warm dog shit. This is why I don't want a dog. And then, and then like having to clean a child yeah. with shit all over them. <laughs> It's like, but it is. It's like a sort of video game or something. You've got to get it. You've got to get it all. You just did a gesture. It's really, it's like you're just wiping it with a chamois. You've got to get it all. You've got to get in there. That's the, the boy thing. Yeah. Like you pick something up and go, oh, there's a load on here as well. <laughs> up their backs. He hasn't weed in up my back. hasn't weed in my face yet. But that's that's something to look forward something to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing dealing with other people. But then that's your the older you get, the more responsibility you get the more it's just dealing more, with someone else's poo, poo and getting less good at dealing with your own poo <laughs> I've kind of forgotten how to wipe, deal, do my own poo I've got worse at wiping my bum you than need I a chamois mate yeah, chamois up the back I would like someone to do it for me I mean I don't think that's too much I'm doing it for th th two people and a dog <laughs> nice it would just be nice if someone came around you've got to there. delegate let, me have, got let to. me have a little crack of that You Why all poo, don't brain? look at me like you're, you don't poo, madam. Uh, you've got poo all out your bum. You love it. You love it. Um, anyway, yeah, so I am young. Um, and you are also, you're also in a band, my wife told me, you were in a band, I didn't know about this, you were in a band with Danielle Ward and Helen Arney. Oh, yeah, briefly, I was. Um, yeah, so, again... Um, yeah, not long after I started, so I guess around 2011, um, me and Helen... Do we know Helen Yeah, yeah, amazing Helen Arnie. And um, Danielle Ward, um, we were in a group called The Balconettes, and uh, we... Uh, Danielle on drums, and Helen on ukulele or guitar, and me on piano, and we did just... We, around a space for about a year, I think, really? doing little gigs around the place. Yeah, it was really fun. 
Cool. What, what was what sort of stuff were you doing? Well, we did so, so we did stuff that eventually me and Helen were like, we're going to use this for our solo career. <laughs> so um, we did um, quite a fun, slightly lascivious song mm-hmm. called like it was kind of a piss take of the Spice Girls. If you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends, which always sounds a bit like you need to sleep with my friends. Yeah. So it was called um, We All Come Together. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, which not, we haven't done since the Balconettes. Maybe it's time for a reunion. Um, and there was one that was um, by Helen, which I absolutely love, called I Prefer You in a Coma, um, which is brilliant. And I did one called Once You're 30, um, You're Basically Dead, which I still do. Oh, yes, you still have seen I've yeah. heard that one. That's, that's a great But there's a lot, there's, and there's a lot of them on... Uh, you, you've got a band Bandcamp. Uh, is that a channel? I have, camp? yes, yeah. And you've, there's lots of them on YouTube as well. And you've done like quite impressive videos for a lot of these songs as well. For a few of my songs, yeah, I try and do videos um, because I'm trying to. What I'm trying to do, Rich, is keep up with the digital age. Yes, yeah, good idea. <laughs> and I find it very difficult. To <laughs> I don't know how people do. It. You know, some people are just putting out videos like. Yes. All the time, constantly. Yeah, I mean, it is quite impressive. I don't know how they do I take a year to do a single music (laughs) video. I find it really hard, but that's what the kids are doing. So that's what I'm trying to do. Well, yours are quality. So there's uh, there's a very fun one of I Dreamed a Dream. Oh, yeah. That's that's good. And that's in one, you do that in one take. Yeah. Which I like. That's a parody of I Dreamed a Dream from Les Miserables, but um, with me smoking a spliff. And it's called I Dreamed a Dream When I Was High. Um, and it's as hilarious as the sound you just made. Um. It's more hilarious, even. And uh, and there's a well, the gym one's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, the gym. And the and then, and then there's an X Factory one called Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. <laughs> Amazing is a song um, that uh, I've done probably most uh, often for like five or six. <laughs> years so long (laughs) people won't let me stop doing it um and i wrote it for one of those quite obscure little alternative comedy gigs where they give you a theme oh yes like i think it was with i can't remember what group but like people like anyway Stu goldsmith was there that night and we got given a character it's not often i really enjoyed these gigs maybe as an improviser i quite enjoyed this the chance to do something different and you have to write material for it this theme and it was in shoreditch i remember and they gave me this character who was basically me as a, a sort of wizened Helen Mirren, but of songwriting at the age of 75, winning a Grammy for songwriting. So I wrote I'm Amazing um, for that gig. And Stu Goldsmith was the one, I was like, well, that's done, I'll just ditch it. It was just for that gig. And Stu Goldsmith was there and he was like, no, you should, um, you should do that again. I think it will translate. And it does, and it yeah. does, and I've been doing it every fucking gig. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing about because music, people want to hear again. Yeah, again, again. yeah, they and really jokes, do. Jokes, people don't really want to hear again. Hear again. So yeah. you, what I find, if you leave it long enough, many of your audience have dead, <laughs> and, you can, and new ones have been born. That's the beauty of birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the beauty of death, which is a, a, usually a bad thing, uh, but it means you can reel out the same thing ten years on. Yeah. But like with music, it is odd that people you just want to see like um, Tim Minchin's thing, that song for Phil Doust. I can listen yes. to that a million times and oh I will still God. find I love that. Tim Minchin. Yeah, all of his I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing Ready to Go is like the first show that I saw of his and it, all of the songs from that I can just listen to again yeah. and again. Yeah. But it's interesting with music. I mean you're you know, you're obviously with all that experience in the 
Christian rock band. You're a very, you're a very, again, the org playing the organ. You're very, but you're, you're a very impressive singer. So you can do that X Factor parody and it sounds as good as yeah, which someone is who fun. would be on there. It's interesting because then it's like you get to a point where it's not just about the songwriting. Um, it's about what you, what you are doing on stage. And that's the way that it's less depressing to do it again and again and again. Yeah. You can do it. You can really can do it different Well, the music has time. to be good. And I think that's, there's musical comedians who, yeah. the, you know, the words, it's funny, yeah. but the music isn't as good. And Tim's a, a great example of someone who's, an, inc- an, an amazing composer and amazing musician yeah. and I think you are as well it's Thank it's you. you know it's, so you want to hear those things again but it's fun with the X Factor one the way you're doing all the what they do of that the, you know all the yeah all of that which when you, you're not really even parodying it that far no. I mean that they, they, no, that, they literally that is actually do. what they do yeah, yeah. I know. so it's, uh, it's 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 fun to see. do look those up on YouTube I'll put links in the uh, in the what's it called oh, thanks great yeah de- Five definitely will um <laughs> And you're also Murder and Successful, which uh, is uh, one of my favourite shows as well. Yeah, that was really fun. It was one of the... Um, I remember auditioning for it years ago, because it took a long time, Murder and Successful, to sort of... Quite a long time to go through the procedure of people saying yes to it and it being made, because obviously it's quite a confusing concept. Yes. Well, it's like, absolutely yeah, So insane, you've got yeah. a real celebrity who is sort of playing themselves, but also a character as a rookie policeman with Tom Davis, and then a cast of actor improvisers playing fake celebrities, <laughs> and there's a murder mystery to solve, but it's really about the improv. It's a very confusing concept, but people seem to have really enjoyed and it. And they're sort of not quite impressions, but they're sort of impressions. Who, who, who well, that's you, another confusing yeah. is like, yeah, for some of them, they're like, we want you to actually do an impression of this, and for some, yeah. they're just like, we want you to do your own take on it. So and I who, did Lady who, Gaga and... Oh, yes. Sarah Millican and Tess Daly. <laughs> and for Lady Gaga, they were, they were like, they said to me about Lady Gaga, they were like, I don't think anyone really knows what she sounds like. <laughs> so do what you want. But for Sarah Millican, they were like, Sarah Millican is all about the voice, so try and learn how to do a Geordie accent, yeah. which I attempted. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm going to ask you an emergency question from the Emergency Question app, which you can download. Have you done that in the interval? Yeah, well done. What have you got in your wallet there? Is that a network rail card? Uh, it is. That's my net. That gives you 30% off, uh, off-peak travel. I can never get over. I can never get over people who don't have a network rail card. Like, unless you're a young person, then you've got a young person's rail card. Well, I, don't, I didn't know about it's it. 30% I didn't know, off. You know, I didn't know about it, and I tweeted about the fact that I was coming in, how nice it was coming in the train, and someone, thank you, Matthew, whatever it was, tweeted me and told me, and, you know, it's already paid for itself. <laughs> It's it's thirty percent off. You've got to spend over thirteen pounds for it to work. Yeah. So usually you do get the travel card as well on the on the shorter journeys. If you're coming from well in north, you need to get the travel card. I mean, I could talk to you about this. But then it's only fifty p more for no no one commuting in from Hertfordshire. I uh, like since since I since I stopped being in a Christian rock band, I evangelise about network rail cards. (laughs) (laughs) Praise Um, the Lord. I'm on Twitter. Let's go. I'm I'm so old. I'm actually, I'm surprised that uh, I'm so... I thought, I thought this second one, I was... Uh, so, boxer shorts or serendipity? That is a question. <laughs> um, um, I feel like they're the same thing. Are they, in a way, in a way. Just leaving things to chance, if anything, is what they're both about. Um, here's, uh, here's a question. I'll ask another one. That was just... That was silly, that one. <laughs> what is the... St- I don't know what's wrong with me. I seem to be obsessed with the same things for some reason. What is the strangest thing you've found in your cleavage, belly button, or anal cleft? <laughs> Doesn't have to be in all three. Great question. But it'd be great um, if they, it was in all three. 
it Wait, was strange. What, cleavage. Cleavage, belly button, or anal cleft. <laughs> I don't think I found that much interesting in my belly button. Really? That's the, that's the prime one for me. <laughs> my cleavage isn't uh, that. Yeah, exactly. It isn't you, haven't, you haven't got the opportunity. <laughs> um, I've found um, a paperclip um, <laughs> and um, a great deal of food. Like, yes. The worst thing is when a great deal of food down there. The worst thing is obviously when um, you get uh, when you're eating a chocolate bar and chocolate flakes fall down there, and obviously they melt, mm. and then you've got melted chocolate, and you don't mind it being on your skin. That's great, but um, it's melted into the into your bra, and yeah. then you're like, oh no, that's terrible. I haven't yet got chocolate down my butt crack, but well, I've got another question about that. <laughs> the night is young. <laughs> Um, I was gonna. I was gonna. I think the good thing about being a fifty-year-old dad yeah. is that I spill a lot of food on myself because I'm fifty, but I can blame it on my children. <laughs> and I've generally gone out with stuff all down me, yeah. and then realised it's there, and then gone, "It's okay, people." Are <laughs> That's one of what, my children and yeah. it is and it's always me that's what Carrie had you know Carrie had Lloyd you yeah. had on your show um, obviously we spend a lot of time together and like <laughs> I remember saying to her because she's I think she's really cool the way she dresses and everything she's got a real style and she's got this really nice um, leather jacket um, with like badges on it and stuff and I remember saying to her uh, a few months ago and she's got a baby now and I remember saying like oh I thought she'd I just thought she'd spilt it like five minutes ago <laughs> and I was like oh, mate, you've got a um, thing there. And she was like, mate, it's been there for five weeks. <laughs> this is what motherhood is. Don't give a shit. <laughs> it is. Often you just don't get time to clean yourself yeah, in the day. that's it's what terrible, she said. She said I clocked that five weeks ago. <laughs> I don't care. But I just like go, oh, I haven't had a shower for two days. Yeah. Probably should. Um, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. Don't know how hard my life is. My little countryside house. <laughs> Oxbridge education. <laughs> Um, okay, now I'm done. Oh, that's quite good. The problem with this is you press it again and then it's gone past. Oh, no. Um, do, you think, do you think there are any conspiracy theories that are actually true? Is basically the gist of that question, is the ones that you believe. Because um, they've increasingly, I think, like pe the conspiracy theories are now, they've sort of entered, they've gone, like, 20 years ago, conspiracy theories, everyone thought they were nuts. And now, yeah. pretty much people can say anything and they can go, fake news at the end. Uh, if people say it's not true and, uh, and they, it's believable so like awful ones in America obviously where people are claiming awful atrocities haven't about, actually like, happened about like 9-11 yeah I don't, well, I don't think I believe them but I have always wondered yeah <laughs> about oh no I can't go on we'll cut it out about Princess Diana yeah <laughs> we've so all I wondered I don't think the Queen was involved no <laughs> I think she was in the white fear. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't add up. There is. You know, there is. And I don't think they would have gone to the Queen with it. I've never said this out loud before. <laughs> but, you know, she... I don't know. She was causing a lot of, you know, inconvenience to the royal family. And they've, yeah. they've got... They've got a lot of power, haven't they? They do have quite, quite a lot of power. And there's a lot of... Anyway, I don't know if I, I do believe that, but I've, I, it's, it's crossed my mind. Well, some of them have to be... You know, some things have to be true, yes. right? And you do, you know, that's the thing you realise about the world is increasingly that if you have power, you get away with a lot of stuff until yeah. you, maybe finally you don't, but a lot of them would take a lot of... See, 9-11 would take a lot of covering up. 
Yeah. It would be I really, that's... I mean, I think someone did it, uh, and the number of people who'd have to be involved in 9-11 for 9-11 to be a... too big. ...to be a complete cover-up. I've watched insane. a lot of programmes like Spooks, yes. which I think hasn't helped my conspiracy theory okay. scepticism. Spooks isn't real. Well, okay, you, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very convincing, isn't it? It is, it And is. it had a lot of series, so um, yeah. it's really... It's very persuasive indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's certainly stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, the thing with the Princess Diana What's your, one, you, I feel like you've got one then. I no, 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 I think, I think Paul McCartney isn't the real Paul McCartney. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I just tell you? So, um, an ex-boyfriend of mine when I was 21, as a sort of joke Valentine's present, which was hilarious, FYI, what all women want on Valentine's Day is a joke gift. <laughs> um, no, it was hilarious, actually. It was a second-hand book um, called The Walrus Was Paul, yeah. which was... a, a substantial book um, yeah. about Paul McCartney yeah. being dead yeah. and it was so funny <laughs> so funny but there is there's a lot of evidence isn't there there was a hell of a lot of evidence if but you look at the internet there's also Paul McCartney yeah he's still there <laughs> still, I mean the still chances living looking quite a lot like Paul McCartney the chances of them and increasing like a middle aged lady but in the it's um <laughs> The chances of him dying in a car crash and then finding someone else who looked exactly, who looked exactly like, him. like him, who they could have met already, who also was able to write good... I mean, the, maybe the second one's the good one. Because yeah, it was quite anything, early on he died. If, he if anything, die. the fake Paul McCartney is the national treasure. <laughs> Very exciting, Paul McCartney could be. Um, yes, I was going to... Uh, well, I, 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 was, I, I used to watch Thronecast all the time. Did you? Yeah. When when I you, was when you were newer on it, yeah. Before they decided to throw loads of money at it, I think. Because <laughs> we, we love Game of Thrones, and then you, yeah. then, then Thronecast came on, and you oh. got this job. Of... I love Game of Thrones. So yeah, I loved Game of Thrones, and then I got the chance to audition for. Um, they sort of did. Uh, well, they've done several. Uh, re, what's the word? Like making it more expensive <laughs> um, bits through the series, and I was the first um, time they sort of did. They did a reboot. That's the word. They did a sort of reboot of it. I sent for series four, and they got me and Jamie East to yeah. present it. So we very much had, had to do several screen tests. And the main thing was like, do you really know about? Have you read all the books? Do you watch it avidly? Have do you know the history, the folklore, like sort of Tolkien esque knowledge of it? Yeah. Because um, I can never remember. Who I watch it. I don't know who any of the characters are, <laughs> uh, or what any of their names are, apart from Tyrion. And, That's uh, good. Uh, and and you know they come back on again, and I don't know why they what the significance of anything. Yeah. So that's why I watch Thronecast because I mean, you explain it, yeah. or whoever explains there's it. There's so but. there's so many characters, there's so many families, and there's also all the alluded history um, that you get in the program and in the book. So. I knew a bit of it, and then for the auditions, I had to learn more. Yeah. Um, and I definitely had to know a hell of a lot more than uh, the people with more presenting experience. <laughs> like they were like, "Well, I've presented, so I've presented Big Brother's Little Brother." So. But I was like, "Well, I'm very green, so I have to know more about Game of Thrones." Um, so I loved doing it. Um, it was such a weird, it was such a weird experience. Yeah. It was just after my first Edinburgh show, my first solo show, and I was. Um, very new and they gave me a stylist who chose what I would wear right. which included four inch heels which I cannot walk in and <laughs> dresses which were very short and um, it was it was odd and I was taught how to sort of stand in front of a camera and I didn't really get to do as much comedy as I wanted to do no. about it um, so uh, anyway I did one series and then they kind of upgraded to Sue Perkins fair enough 
Fair enough. No, um, boo. <laughs> no, and, she's but, great. Like on. Jamie East, who was the co-presenter with you, stayed in the series, but has become this kind of lesser role of like a sort of Wikipedia of. I think it's more humiliating to still be in it than to, don't you? I know. It's like, I used to be that, I used to be there, but now I'm going to be the bloke who has to just Well, you can tell say you that, but stuff. I would gladly have his job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, oh God, I, I love doing that. And so when, uh, when I wasn't doing that, I started doing my own podcast about it, and I oh, did yes. my own blog about it, and I still am a total geek about it, so... Yeah, I was like, take me on as a writer. I'll be an anonymous writer. I have so much to say about Game of Thrones. Um, it's very yeah, exciting. I still love it. Do you think, do you, what do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is going to be uh, on the Iron Throne at the end of it all? Um, I, I think that... I won't know who it is. Does any, who watches it? Give me a cheer. Oh, everyone. Yeah. Lots of people. So, um, the only boobs some of these guys have ever seen in their life. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> they've got them on the internet now. You can just see them on the internet. I th I feel like it's got to be Daenerys or Jon Snow. Obviously, the big reveal was that he's kind of the legitimate heir, yeah. essentially, like more legitimate than she is. Yeah. But I think, from a feminist point of view, I'd be pretty pissed off if she's not on the throne at the yeah, end of it. I think but then I think she's gone a bit cray. Yeah, she has. She's She's killing everyone in bad ways. What about... Not in good ways. What about in the blacksmith ways. guy? I reckon it could be him. Gendry? Yeah, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> I Gendry? Yeah, hashtag where's Gendry. I think they brought Gendry back. I, th I don't think they... <laughs> I think he's a great character and a great actor, but I, I really think, like, I was one of the people going, hashtag where's Gendry, and I don't know if they've actually got a role for him or not, <laughs> because he's just the um, son of the old king who no one's even arguing that, about that dynasty yeah. anymore, so I don't know. What about uh, the, what's his face, who's Jon Snow's mate, and who's the maester? <laughs> I know I've met that bloke in real life and I can't remember this character's name. You know, the main Sam, fat, Sam yes. Tarly. Yeah, Sam Tarly, that's Sam Tarly. Well, he's going to obviously like, be a huge help because he's got yeah. all the knowledge from yeah. Old Town. I reckon he um, could be the king. He can't be the king! I reckon... Uh, you are off your I reckon face. the ice no dragon way. might be... Ice Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, but like, if they hadn't... Spoiler alert for people... Why haven't oh, you watched yeah, it? Yeah, should have said spoiler um, alert 10 minutes ago, yeah. If they hadn't gone up to rescue those guys, then they would... The, the, I think the, the, that evil guy with the pointy head... Yeah. He, um, <laughs> he knew, didn't he? He wanted him to come up. Yeah, he did. He did. He didn't want to kill because he He's wanted a, a dragon. He's a smart guy. Then the dragon blew down the wall, so they fucked that up, didn't they? I can't believe the wall's gone now. Yeah, yeah you just forgot that. Actually, really, though, what isn't a it? series! What a series! Um, I could talk about this in a very stupid, uninteresting way stupid. for up to twenty-five hours. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it for twenty-five hours. Why did they sack me from Thronecast? <laughs> um, cool. Uh, I, I'm gonna while I look at my thing. Oh, you were these. Uh, this is. This, I think these are things that are coming up. Um, Death Ship 666, is that something that's happened or is that no, something? No, that's something I did a few years ago. Oh, is it? Because on your website, it looks like that's upcoming. <laughs> Update your website. <laughs> what was Must Death Ship 666? Or maybe um, I've misread it. That was uh, a really fun comedy show, a parody of Titanic. 
Uh, and I played uh, essentially Kate Winslet, but in that she was called Grandma. Okay. <laughs> she just played is the old woman all the way through. A scripted thing, or scripted a... thing. Yeah, it was oh, really so funny. maybe is it, is it the Christmas thing that's coming up? Yes, that is that's, coming yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing a show called Thirty Christmases um, that I did uh, last year for the whole Christmas period in Oxford, and this year I'm doing it in London at the New Diorama for all of December. It's with Johnny and the Baptist. Do you know that? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it's the three of us, me, Johnny, and Paddy, uh, and it's really. It is very much a comedy. It's really funny. It's like musical uh, Christmas show, but it has it is a beautiful story as well. It's about like what do you do if you haven't got home at Christmas, essentially. Right. But it's it's really fun. Good. We'll watch that. That's that's and, and tickets and are Austin, available now. Are you touring? Your, so you've been you've, just, you've done quite a few stand up shows in Edinburgh. They're all quite different. Different. Some some musical and some uh, character. Always a bit of a mixture. They're always everything. Yeah. Uh, as with this, as you say, it continued trying to shove everything in, but yeah. some more than others. So yeah, I think when I first started, I had like eleven sh- songs in the show, right. um, which was a lot. So it was mostly musical comedy with a little bit of stand up in between, um, and then I did a sort of character and musical show yeah. and then last year I did Best Laid Plans which is a very personal kind of musical comedy and stand-up show and this last one keynote which is um, character bits and but it's always got music in it because I seem I can't stop doing songs yes well that's fair enough and <laughs> you're going to be touring that as I well I am in spring yeah so you're doing Ostentatious at the moment yeah Christmases. Ostentatious at the moment 30 Christmases and then keynote Blime, I thought I did a lot, but that's it's, uh, <laughs> but touring, do you find touring difficult I mean I'm sort of thinking maybe I'll knock it on the head I, I think I don't do to Ostentatious is fairly full on. That's yeah. about um, three or four nights a week for a couple of months. But I've never done touring, I think, to the, to the way you and a lot of comedians do, yeah. which is like week after week after week for like months and months, yeah. a lot of nights on the road. I've never done it to that extent. And I think I would hate that. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and I haven't even got a family like to come back to. I think I wouldn't like that at all. Yeah, it's, not, it's more difficult when you haven't got other people to come back to in a way. It's yeah. sort of just so... It's just like, what is my life? (laughs) The ibis is my life now. (laughs) Thank you for the chocolate chip biscuits. (laughs) When you have a family, at least I'll be going home home to to something after this. Whereas I take the chocolate chip biscuits in my handbag. (laughs) Genuinely did that this week. And I had them today as a treat five days later. That's very impressive. I always eat the biscuits. If there are biscuits, which there aren't in many hotels. No. They're straight in my mouth. The <laughs> whatever I've eaten, whatever time I get there, however many packets are in there, um, no, no, no. if the trolley's left outside, yeah. <laughs> then I'll have some more. I had to get to the point where I would flush the biscuits down the toilet when I was on a when I was on a diet. I do to stop because I, I thought I, I'll get back and I'll be hungry and I'll eat yeah. the biscuit. I do that. Yeah. It's really bad, isn't it? It's not good psychologically. I put things in the bin. It's a waste of water and food. Yeah, it's you really, can't really bad because I'm like I will eat. All of, yeah, like a packet of biscuits. Yeah. There's like 20 biscuits. And I'm like, I'm going to have to... I've eaten five or yeah. ten. <laughs> oh, dear. Edit this bit out. <laughs> and what were you going to... You, you promised me you had some revelation about my... Oh, it's not a revelation. You're going to talk about my it's wife. It's not a revelation, really. And my wife remembered to gigging with you a lot. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Me and Katie gigged a lot together um, a few years. So around 2011, and she was um, she'd moved in with you. Yeah. And so the context got of the a, story got a foot in the door. <laughs> <laughs> so the context of the story is like so me and my brother Preston grew up like watching Lee and Herring on <laughs> right. TV and everything, Fist of Fun and Mission Judy, all of that. And so. And my brother is like a bigger comedy fan than I <laughs> ever was. So I think he was a bit annoyed when I went into comedy. So he loves you and everything. And uh, so when I... <laughs> um, 
when uh, I started doing comedy around 2010 and uh, I did a gig a year later with Katie and she was very kindly going to drive us to Norwich and she said, why don't you come to, uh, you know, my house, yeah. I, your house. And so I was like, yeah, of course. And it was only when I got there and like halfway through, she was like, oh yes, you know, going out with, uh, in a relationship with Richard Herring. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, Richard Herring? <laughs> Do you Richard Herring? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, yeah. Um, and she so... Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was very nonchalant. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, uh, I went and used the bathroom. Not deliberately. I really needed yeah. a wee. And I just texted my brother. Because <laughs> I knew he was the only person who would be so excited. I was like, I am sitting on Richard Herring's toilet right now. And I'm so pleased he has his phone on. He texted back right away going, holy fuck. <laughs> And I was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, he's not here. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it was, a real, it was a real exciting moment. That oh, was certainly wow. the moment, I think, when my brother was like, my sister has made it. <laughs> Sitting on Richard Herring's toilet. Yeah, well, if that's making it, then... Uh... <laughs> and it's never happened since. It ha a short seven years later, and here I am. <laughs> if you want to come and sit on my toilet, you Thank can come you. back. You can use my net wet rail cards. <laughs> Though if they catch us doing that, we'll be in a lot of trouble. Mate, I've, I've obviously got my own. Okay. <laughs> and we should talk about the MASH report again. Yes. MASH, we had Ellie on two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now you're fucked. The listeners will be like, why are they laughing? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's very exciting. Yeah. So you're, you're on the kind of email, Twitter wall kind of thing. I on, am, in... yeah. I get, it's really fun because I get to do the two roles, get to do the sort of like, um, social media person and then I get to be Emma Bradford who's doing the news reports as well a series well. Yes, yeah. in a ginger wig um, so yeah I love I love love doing it it's really nice because me and Ellie made a sort of trailer for that like about again about three years ago it takes right. so long to get things made yeah. and we never thought anything we never <laughs> thought anything would come of it and then the BBC picked it up yeah, it's, yeah well it's, it's good really there's a whole right, I mean, everyone in it's sort of new-ish really yeah. aren't they yeah. so they, it's, it's, uh, it's a good team of people there it's really lovely so yeah. there's more of those coming up in the next year Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Have you been replaced um, by Sue Perkins in that? No doubt. No, no doubt. I'm waiting for the call. <laughs> um, maybe I'll get to keep one of the jobs. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's really lovely too because we've all kind of me and Nish and Ellie, and then you've got like. Uh, Andy Murray and Pianovelli and Jeff Nork, and we've all kind of um, gigged, and Tom Neenan writes it as well, yeah, and um, all these bit. We've all gigged together for years, really, um, since we started. So it's really lovely quite satisfying that we get to make that we've been allowed to make this show together yeah. um, with people we just all assume <laughs> we just all assumed would be replaced by more famous people and they didn't <laughs> so that was great <laughs> well i think that's what's the you know but that's the strength of it and i think that's the thing that lots of tv executives don't seem to get is that things that are successful are generally with new people and yeah. in new ideas and they think oh that person's been in something successful so we'll put them in something else yeah, totally. as if that kind of rubs off in that way but actually when you bring new people to something a, if you get the right group of people, the danger is you bring together a group of people and they don't gel or they yeah. don't know each other or they've been brought together because someone's gone, oh, them, them, them and them. Yeah. But this, it does seem to have some kind of cohesion. It does. We're genuinely it. all friends. Yeah. So, like, it really, I think it does make a difference because it's obviously recorded in front of a live audience. Um, there's a lot going on before and after the bit that you see on TV and right. that creates the vibe in the room and yeah. that is something to do with us all genuinely being friends and getting on and chemistry, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always interesting to see a new lot of people coming through and 
wondering which ones will fall by the wayside in the, the coming years. <laughs> which of them will be doing their own podcasts. <laughs> and they're 50 years old. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so, isn't it? Is this in your this year's show or last year's show where you had the stuff about the Samaritans? The that last, was last year. That was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I taught. So, as this, well. so you you had kind of a, you had a breakup in the wrong year because this year was the year of the of the breakup of relationships going to win on the, all the awards. There's, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, think it's that. always yeah. it all goes in little cycles. Wow, we both planned it really badly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a show called Best Laid Plans that was uh, very um, honest. Um, yeah show about a breakup that I had and we've all been through them um, and it, it was uh, in many ways very lucky an amicable breakup um, mutual breakup um, apparently <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was yeah it was uh, a show about that and I got very sad for the first time because I'm generally very upbeat and yeah, kind yeah. of um, I've been brought up to be very stoical and get on with things and uh, you know don't be self-indulgent and that kind of thing. Um, but I got really sad. I ended up calling the Samaritans, not because I was going to kill myself, just because I felt really, really sad and I didn't know who to talk to. And I Googled it. Yeah. And you Google the Samaritans and it says, you can just email us. So I just emailed them. <laughs> I just pinged them an email. And they were lovely. <laughs> and they write back to you. So that's what the show was about, this exchange of um, emails between me and the Samaritans. And right. it was... Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and did it, it help? Had a happy ending. <laughs> did it come in out? That I'm right. still alive. Still, yeah. <laughs> it's good to know, and it's good to know that the Samaritans have, that, have embraced that new technology as well. They do. Because I, I would, I, I don't like ringing people. <laughs> I don't like bothering people. Yeah. Well, think, actually, that is. Yeah. That is what they said. So I had no intention of involving them in a sort of professional way, but they got in touch with me, probably being like, "What the fuck are you saying about us?" <laughs> and um, I sort of explained what the show was about, and they were like oh, that's great. That's what we want to say to people is that we're not just the suicide charity, yeah. that we're kind of there for people at every stage, actually. So they were quite supportive, actually, of the show. Yeah. Because it was this other side. People are like, oh, yes, you called the Samaritans. You must have been standing on a bridge. And actually, they're there for every every level of you feeling a bit shit. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's, I mean, that's interesting. You, you do come across as very, you know, positive and <laughs> bubbly and friendly person. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of, in, you know, and I think you're saying it's not about depression exactly, is it? Yeah, I didn't know. I find, it, I find it hard time. to know what words to use yeah. um, these days um, because I think maybe um, even 10 years ago, I would have said I was depressed. I, I, I was depressed. Yeah. Um, but I think that now um, I wouldn't know I, if it, whether it wasn't bipolar, it wasn't clinical depression. I don't know if it was like, you know, there's so many different labels to put on everything and I wouldn't attempt to take <laughs> that categorization from people who have much bigger problems than myself yeah but i mean that's you know it, it's it, so it's hard to know what language it is hard to, to use. know but also if, you, if they're your problems they're your problems it doesn't you know <laughs> yeah. if it's the worst thing that's happened to you in your yeah, life it was that's, yeah com that's comparatively it's the you, saddest so it's the saddest about. i've been yeah, yeah it's the saddest i've been so i don't you never know what words to use at the time i really consciously veered away from using the word depression for these reasons yeah but now Actually, I've had a few people uh, who I'm friends with who have depression who've said, actually, say, say that you had depression because there's a spectrum and course, it's yeah. good to get the word more sort of normalised. So the, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is. Please yeah. talk to me afterwards if you have an opinion <laughs> on it. I'd love to hear from you. But, you know, I think it's, it's interesting because, like, you know, people go... There's this sort of stereotypes of comedians being sad clowns. But, yeah. you know, comedians... And I think it's partly just because... I mean, there are definitely some 
very depressed comedians. <laughs> yeah. And some of the ones who you wouldn't expect to be very depressed mm. are in real life very depressed. Um, but it's about, you know, all human beings go through that stuff. Maybe because someone's funny, yeah. you think, oh, they're sad now. That's weird. So that's yeah. why that's why it sort of sticks out. But I think going, you know, I remember in my 30s, I went through so much yeah. terrible stuff. Yeah. And you are sort of struggling on, on your own and you think, oh, this isn't, this isn't as bad as that. But you don't know, you know, it's hard to quantifies yeah. and then how do you know how bad someone else is feeling <laughs> compared true. to you exactly so that's what it is you yeah, can only quantify like... it as yourself and i think you know i was i was probably in a similar thing yeah. to you i would say i wouldn't yeah. I, I just always carried on when i was feeling bad about stuff yeah. <laughs> but, exactly yeah but, uh, yeah yeah it's a, it's a it's a tricky one isn't it so how about. did you make that funny though how, how, how or because did you not bother just go I'm very depressed and <laughs> no I did I did there was one poignant song in it um, that was probably a, a bit funny but a little bit sad as well but by and large it, well, I think it was funny um, and it was what was funny was what 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 do you say in an email to the Samaritans <laughs> like they know what the deal is when you what do you put in that subject title like I say in the show like you know sad sack number 33 <laughs> or like I guess that is why they call it the blues you know what do you what do you say what do you say to the Samaritans and I ended up sort of sounding far more sort of polite and trying to not make a big deal of it and being like I'm sure you're very busy and I'm not you know I'm not I must uh, I'm not trying to kill myself so please don't come round um <laughs> so it, there, there's there is there is comedy in every I think in every yeah, subject no. um so I mind it because <laughs> that's what you do as a comedian and are you feeling happier in yourself yes now? thank is you everything going yes, okay I am, yeah. it's true but I think that's why I wanted to do a show about it is because generally actually I, that is true of me I am yeah. I am generally a happy upbeat person so that was um an event it was yeah. an event well me. I've done you know I did a show called the 12 tasks of Hercules Terrace which was me working through uh, being depressed yeah. one of one of my midlife crises yeah and and even as I was writing it I was still in the middle of it all yeah, and it I was, was only kind of when I well. got to the end of and did it like yeah. I went oh there's quite a lot you know it, this show showed me as well as anyone else that there was yeah. you know you, you get through the other side yeah I had exactly so um, yeah writing it through it and then yeah. being, looking back and being like oh great therapy thank you <laughs> <laughs> good emergency question time yeah sorry we're going home soon oh it'll be all right do you know what this is right okay uh, <laughs> Oh, this is a good one. International Women's Day. When's International Men's Day? Fourteenth of. Nineteenth of November. 19th of November. I, did I die you for nothing? You tell everyone, but you never tell me because I never ask. Nineteenth of November. Uh, standard issue of doing a, a, um, an International Men's Day gig. I think they wanted me to do it, but I'm gigging in Bristol that night. And I don't do. I, I, it's, it's International Women's Day. I like to ruin by making it all, <laughs> by making it all about men. What is your favourite direction on the compass? West. No. No explanation. <laughs> no explanation. No explanation required. Mo, I've, you know, that's interesting to just go for one of the main ones. I'd have gone. I'd have what, gone for north. South north. East, yeah, I'd have done that. I mean, interesting. More. In, that would have been more interesting, more interesting with your answer. Well, maybe if you give me the questions to prep. <laughs> well, I can't because it comes up randomly. This is a question on the dating uh, app. Oh, great! Yeah. Which has a heart. That has a. a biological nice. picture of a heart in it which I oh, find disgusting what's the most unusual thing you've ever collected uh, come on there's something in Rachel uh, Paris what I used you to used collect to, you must have collected I did I did I'm trying to remember um, oh my god let's, have, let's take a long time to think about it <laughs> But 
I mean, we can be here for 16 minutes. You edit this out. No, I'm going to leave it in. And they'll leave. I'm actually going to um, loop that silence (laughs) four or five times (laughs) to make it long. Just to build the tension, I might just put a very low... mm, mm, Just a quiet but ascending scale that gets louder and louder until we hit it. I genuinely can't remember because of the pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like several things, but I genuinely, I'm like, I, there's too much pressure. St- uh, stamps is the most unusual thing I collected. That's normal. I know, but I did, wouldn't it? You know, I was, that's who I was. I used to collect... Um, Isn't that called something that sounds a bit sus- philately? Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to collect... Well, I didn't collect them, but every time there was... No, I'm old. Every time there was a two shilling or shilling... I didn't mean bit, to just not. Yeah. <laughs> Every time there was yeah, a two yeah. shilling or a shilling in yeah. your change, which there used to be. You remember, you remember that, old timer? Yeah. yeah. You're an old timer, look at it. Remember this? Um, I can't be 50. Look, what's this? It's all real. Um, <laughs> I'd collect them and put them in a chess box. You collect what? Coins? 10, P, 10 P's and 5 P's, but there were shillings. In the old days, they had shillings. That's and just called saving. They had shillings. They had a shilling and two shillings. No, but in your change, there'd be 10 P's and 5 P's, but the same size with the old shilling and uh, two you shillings. That you couldn't use. And sometimes you got one with the king's head on, didn't you? Do you remember that? Old King George. The... <laughs> uh, you're not... Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember getting the coins with the king's head on them still? <laughs> how can I be older than that guy? How old are you? <laughs> Sometimes you get whatever his face was, King George the was he the stuttering one? You can't have lived old, through that. Old... No, but you'd still get them in the change in the 1970s. You'd still get. I don't believe Sometimes you. Sometimes you get a, a sixpence and it'd be in the Christmas pudding, wouldn't it, David? You remember David, don't you? You remember the king's head on the ten, the twen- ten peas. Oh, and I would, go, I would go to the sweet shop with six remember. shillings. I collected those, and then I kept them in a chess box where the pieces would, you know, instead of with the velvet line thing. And then I spent all of them ringing up my girlfriend from a phone box, even though we had a phone. <laughs> you, you were just indulging in the past, weren't you? You were like, "We've got a phone. No, I'll go to the phone box." Yeah. Uh, why do we have frozen peas? For head injuries. Okay. <laughs> a good answer uh, this is a ch- one of the children's questions if you could put a custard pie in the face of anyone in the world with no returns who would you custard pie um, Noel Edmonds would he yeah not because I hate him yeah that's a byproduct. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I think he's quite funny. And I just think that it would be quite good and it would get caught in his beard. And also, he's very good at that kind of slapstick entertainment. So I think <laughs> yes, well, he he'd, just... he'd receive the pie very well, I think. Yeah, I wonder, what, did he ever get... I mean, he gunged a lot of people, but did he ever get gunged? He must have been. I don't know if he did. I think he's that kind of guy. He's a, he's a gunger, but he won't take the gunge did back. He... He, he likes... He'll cover everyone else in gunge. <laughs> did you used to watch his house, the house party? Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch it every yeah. Yeah. It, was it great? <laughs> it wasn't great. But Rebe- Rebecca Front, who I forgot to ask about this, was what was one was of the original gotcha no, actors. No, was she? Yeah. Oh my God. She did a gotcha on Eddie Large. And I had her here in the studio, here the studio, and uh, <laughs> let's just pretend. Um, have you ever met Brian Blessed, the actor Brian Blessed? I'm afraid I haven't, no. What's wrong with the younger generation? Sorry. I want to. I'm yeah. not rejecting his advances or anything. I'd like if, if I was invited to meet him, I would go yeah. and meet him, but I haven't yeah. been invited to. Yeah. Yet. If he comes on here, I will invite you to Thank meet you. him. Thank <laughs> you. And then see if we can get a story out of it. Yeah, great. And then well, then I'll invite you back on 
to tell the story of how you met Amazing, Brian Blessed yeah. backstage. And you'll be like, three weeks ago when <laughs> Brian Blessed was here. Oh, this is a good question. Well, I'll end on this question. What do women want? They want to live their lives in peace. Yeah. Bad luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> it hasn't worked out for you. Uh, it's been... Um, it's been amazing to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm a huge fan. Do go and see all of the things, Rachel, the many, too many things that Rachel Paris <laughs> does. Uh, Ostentation is amazing. Go and see you on tour. Go and With see keynote, you doing Christmases. Yes. yes, come to 30 Christmases. Come to keynotes. Watch you on the MASH report. Watch me on the MASH report. And on the plebs, um, which me and Ellie Taylor are going to be on. Oh, my God. I could have talked. Let's get her back in. Were you meant to be on that? As a Let's get, I was meant to be a pervy, <laughs> uh, many a delivery and again. man. I don't... <laughs> What they, uh, if I was, if it wasn't so tired, I'd come up with a great response to that. <laughs> just, uh, just imagine, well, I was delivering uh, the tab, the wax tablets. Yeah. I can see it now. No loads of Batman. <laughs> Should have been good. And um, check out YouTube as well. So fantastic, okay. ladies and gentlemen. It's Rachel Paris. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming. Listening to Richard Terry's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Terring, and my guest, Rachel Paris. The um, uh, music that you listen to now is by Pest. I don't, why don't you just remember that? Then I won't have to remember it every week. Just remember it, okay? Uh, the I'd like to thank everyone at Leicester Square Theatre. I'd like to thank um, everyone at Go Fast Stripe and everyone at the British Comedy Guide. They're all lovely, especially Orange Mark. He hasn't had an orange juice for ages. Uh, and uh, my producer is Ben Walker, and it's a fuzzgofasterstrike.com and Sky Potato production. Thank you for listening. Uh, richardherring.com slash gigs, and you can come and see some of my shows. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>